Welcome back to the White, Gray, Black Weekly Manga Podcast. My name is Bruce, the producer of the White, Gray, Black YouTube channel. With me again this week is Gautam. Hello, hello. Freshly beaten to a pulp by some sidewalk. Uh, True. <laughs> yeah, you, his face is on screen, but he just showed me, and he looks assaulted. Is, is how I, Gautam I, I, do, I do look beat the fuck up. Quite bad. Uh, this is a book club for manga. It's a manga book club, and by listening, you're a member. Congrats. This week, it is a golden week in Japan, so publishers and mangaka are mostly on break. We thought we would take a bit of time to give you our top five suggestions of what you should start reading this year and catch up on. Uh, we're also going to touch on the ending of Aharon-san, that's chapter 167, which was wonderful, and hit on Dandadan chapter 104, because Dandadan has been on a roll couple of pieces of news real quick. Uh, we mentioned last week that the Hinomatsuri creator Masao Otake is starting a new assassin comedy manga. That that series is titled J, and then there's a double arrow, and then the letter M. So I don't know how that's going to be read or written. My guess is that okay, that's... Okay, you know what? I, I think freaks like you who don't say the X in Hunter x Hunter will just say JM. But I was I, gonna, I was literally about to say probably I will just call it JM, but uh, let me see if I get this on screen. I will be calling it J uh, arrow in both directions M, like J double arrow M. Yeah, I mean I don't know. Again, usually if it's just like a symbol, you don't read it. I don't know. If this is gonna be called like J swap M or something like that. Who knows? Uh, anyway, that. M. I think that, that that would be a good one. Well, that G sounds like a boy band song or something, but it, it kind of does sound like boys to men, right? Yeah, <laughs> a, a J to M, boys to men. Yeah, I, that's yeah. exactly where my head was. Um, that is starting in a little under a week for us. That'll be next Monday. So if you're listening to this podcast, look out on Monday or Tuesday for that. My guess is a fan translator will grab that up. If it doesn't hit, uh, I have not heard about an official English translation yet, so we'll we'll wait patiently on that. Um, the premise of this, which we do get, is that a fearsome professional hitman switches bodies with a lonely little girl. This is this manga just dropped in Weekly Shonen Jump two weeks ago. All very close. Lots of yeah. assassin. I, is it is it John Wick? What's what's causing this? There's like I, I don't know. Have assassins <laughs> always? I mean, I feel like assassins are always one of those like yeah. There's always like a couple of manga about assassins. There have been a lot in the past year. I would say year two, th two or three years, especially why big ones. We got Sakamoto Days. Brand of it though, like why the like assassins becoming children? I don't know. That is it is a quick one too on the yeah the weekly Shutter Jump version, which is called Blue, blue something blue. blue Blue No. I don't remember no. because it's forgettable and not very good. So there are just too many blue manga. There's um, also way too many blue manga. Yeah, we could have we could literally hold talk for three or four hours just on manga with the word blue or aoi in it, right? Which actually, is Japanese actually, for blue. Actually true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it, it, another one, kind of tangentially, is Kindergarten Wars, which I actually haven't seen in a bit. But uh, You haven't, because an official English got announced for that, but they have not started it yet, is what I understand. Because I also, I follow the author on Twitter, I see a lot of announcements about it. Um, yeah, he's dropping new chapters every week, I think, or maybe every two weeks. Uh, but yeah, I, we're not seeing it. I believe because an official translation was announced, um, but has not started yet. I don't... I don't know. I hope that's a manga plus series in Japan. I hope 
that that just comes to uh, Manga Plus, right? Yeah, yeah, just to just to Manga Plus over in the West. Um, it's the same editor, like that editor guy on Twitter who yeah, she Lynn. Dandadan. Yes, yeah, was, all, this all author was found stuff. by the same guy who found uh, Fujimoto, who does Chainsaw Man and Dandadan, and who else did he find? He he has like a, a he has a Twitter presence and also like a, yes a, a library of popular manga authors under him. So yes, he also do, do Dry Cam. Is that the new one that's coming out? I don't remember. Uh, Chainsaw Man, oh, Blue Exorcist, Planning Assistant, Baby Blooper, Planning Assistant's Editing, Kimono Jihen, this is what I have heard, what is this one? (sighs) Alternate title. Okay, well, that's that's a lot of popular stuff, either way. Yeah, I mean, he kind of, he had a, he had a wild, popular two, two two-year stint where it was, Chainsaw Man got really big with the ending, Spy Family came out. He had a pretty big, what was that, like 2020, I guess? 2019, 2020, 2021? Um, where it was kind of hit after hit. And then, yes, he's also, I believe, responsible for finding Dandadan. I don't believe he's the acting editor on that. But um, but the author of Dandadan was also an assistant to Fujimoto, o- right? to Fujimoto and Okubo in the past, I believe. I believe he worked on Fire Force for a bit. Um, or well, no, I'm thinking... What? No, no, sorry. I'm thinking of... Uh, not Gokoraku guy. What's the uh, the garbage manga? That's the guy who worked for Okubo. Uh, the Dandadan oh, guy it. worked for Fujimoto. You're right. Yeah. So. Well, you know, as strange as it is that we are seeing so many assassin manga, I have a lot more faith in the creator of Hinamatsuri uh, to make this entertaining and fun. So I think yeah. uh, I think that sounds hype. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's cool for me who has been into anime for God, how old am I now? Twelve or thirteen years, I guess I would say. Um, and only really into manga the past kind of like four, four, maybe five years, you could say, um, sort of seeing a lot of these authors with their, like, not second try, like their, their new series, right? Like I watched the Hinamatsuri anime, I don't know, five years ago, six years ago, whenever it came out, um, it was hilarious and I loved it and wasn't really in the position to go and read manga, just wasn't as wasn't the the wasn't in a place in my life that i was reading enough manga to know that i can just go get more of this because more of it exists um but now it's like i love tino Matsuri. it was super funny it was like one of it's maybe top three definitely top five maybe funniest anime behind like uh uh well what's the kyo annie one that we both like uh, Nishijo. Nishijo. Nishijo is the funniest anime I've ever seen. I think by far. Um, it is. It is like top five. Everything me. else is below that, but yeah, I mean, but Hinamatsuri like might be second or third. Um, I'd have to think about. I haven't thought about comedy. It also got an much. excellent like adaptation as well. Um, yes, the first episode. The God, what's the like? Kono was phone ga was like. I was so <laughs> I, funny. I don't know if you remember that, but I do. I do. My opening friend has scene it as yeah. his ringtone, and it's obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, but it that was it was funny. Super good. Anyways, um, so yeah, excited yeah. about uh the Hinuatri author with that new series, J hey. M. <laughs> hey, so so before we go into our next segment here, um mm. do I sound more nasally this time? Uh a little, I would assume since you're hurt, maybe. I, I broke I broke my nose and I yeah. feel like more nasally than normal. So sorry. A about little that, bit. It's not not super recognizable. Yeah, um, okay, good. It's okay. Our our three monthly 
listeners, uh, no, there's two monthly listeners because one of those people is me. Uh, they'll notice. Oh, but, yeah. uh, but hey, if you're here from the future listening back to some old episodes, yeah, Gautam got yeah. hurt, so that's why he sounds a little different. Yeah, sorry about the schnoz. Speaking of getting hurt, Oshinoko is killing it in the <laughs> manga sales numbers. Um, let me see if I can just grab this picture from my uh, from my notes right here and bring it over. Uh, whoops. Uh, whatever. Screen press. So here we go. Um, zoom in. No, not going to zoom in. Whatever. You can see what's going on here. Uh, this is the rank position on the sales chart that the Oshinoko volume occupies. Now, they're all over the place, of course. I think some of these are probably more or less available. My guess is... Uh, volume one is probably going to reprint. We're also three or four weeks out, so maybe people are just buying the later ones. But yeah, so as you can, nice. this is every single volume of Oshinoko almost in the top twenty. In, in there's twenty one ranks here. Um, at number at number seven is Oshinoko. Number uh, volume seven. Number eight is Oshinoko. Number five. It goes on and on. They're kind of all over the place, but this is literally volumes 1 through 11 occupying spaces 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 14, 15, 17, 18, and 21 on the top uh, the top sales chart in Japan for manga. So that is, I believe, every active volume of Oshinoko selling, like I said, almost in the top 20. So that's, that's incredible. Oshinoko is a smash hit. That is nuts. Well done to Aka and Mango. Well, into the... Uh, Doba Koba Koba Dogo Dogo Koba. I can't remember the name of that anime studio, um, but yeah, they they are killing it from the clips that I've seen. I've not gotten around to watching it. Uh, I probably will. Maybe we'll see. Reading it is yeah, also well, great, so I'm not. Uh, I find the issue of I, I find it hard to watch anime nowadays, just because it's like I've already read it. it exactly, it yeah. Goes on in my mind. Um, even though it's like a new medium and whatnot, it's just uh, something I have to get over. Yes, and it is also it's also one of those things that's like okay, I you've read it, you've consumed the story, and for stuff like Oshinoko, I mean, Mango Mango is a great artist, and she. I don't, the anime doesn't. Right? The only thing the anime is really bringing is the music, and I don't know if you've heard the the OP for Oshinoko. The OP slaps. Not. It's awesome. Um, you should go watch it. It has like a full length music video. You know, not like a full music video, but like an anime music video. But yeah, the the OP for Oshinoko is great. Uh, so yeah, having not seen the show, I would also bet it would do a good job at adding like kind of the idol moments. You know, um, that's what I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I got to check it out either, because I'm talking on my ass either way. I yeah, I'm at least going to check out the first episode, which is 90 minutes, because I know that that was that was the one that like everyone was talking about because it's yeah. the whole kind of it's the first four or five chapters up to kind of the big twist. Um, but this isn't so this isn't on our discussion notes, but uh, Aka Akasaka has a new series that premiered this week oh, called yes. and I'm going to remember it's called Renai Daiko um, Love Agency. I did you you read this right? Yeah, yeah, I did read it. It was I also uh, read it. it was good. I like. Yeah, it. I thought it was good. It's it's definitely an interesting premise. Um, if anyone listening or you are familiar, oh gosh, what is the name of that play? There's a play that I really like that had Kevin Klein in it. Um, I, I haven't heard the name Kevin Klein in a while. I, he's here's one of my favorite. Uh, oh, Cyrano de Bergerac. Does that does that ring any bells to you? 
Uh, no. Okay, I actually, this. I, I was actually thinking of Calvin Klein. I don't know who this mm. is. Kevin, you recognize Kevin Klein? Maybe he's maybe like a '90s, more of an '80s '90s actor. Um. Anyways, the relation here is there's a there's a play version, recorded version of Cyrano de Bergerac where Kevin Klein is the title character. The the plot of Cyrano de Bergerac is essentially a like. I don't remember if he's like stupid or just like unpoetic, but like a prince is trying to woo a girl and he kind of recruits or hires Cyrano de Bergerac to essentially like feed him lines while they're talking because Cyrano's like a poet, but he's ugly. Um, oh, I see. Okay. So the so the premise here of Akka's new series is similar to this. The, their thing is that there's this service that you can hire that will kind of like help you date and they give you the first chapter follows the girl i believe um and she hires someone who's on the other side of her little uh microphone headset and feeds her lines to talk to this guy who she's interested in um and so it's very kind of similar premise and then at the very end of the chapter you get a little twist that uh the guy was also using the same service with another guy on the other end so kind of four main characters we're gonna figure out uh my guess is akka plays with which character is paired with which handler the or which kind of in person is is paired with the handler i i don't think my guess is this is not just going to be uh the two handlers end up together romance and the two live action you know real real quote unquote people end up together um but i'm i this is exciting because the dynamic here i think is interesting especially in kind of an internet world it is interesting, and it is interesting that they would pay ten thousand uh, dollars. A lot of money. Was it ten thousand? I thought it was ten thousand yen, which is like a hundred bucks. Well, was I it? Was it ten thousand yen? Maybe I just misread it. Uh, I think it was ten thousand yen, or maybe it was a hundred thousand yen, oh. which is like a thousand bucks or something. But I, I don't remember the price. If it's ten thousand yen, that's super reasonable then. Um, but M- more reasonable, I, I, yeah. I, I, I read it in the morning, and I read it as ten thousand dollars. I'm like, holy shit, these kids have access to funds. Yeah. Um, although the yen is a lot weaker than it used to be. Uh, so that's true. actually, so 10,000 yen a year or two ago would have been a hundred dollars, but now it's actually only like 70, 70 or 80 bucks. Yeah. 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 So yeah. yeah. Strong dollar. Woo. Co America. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's really interesting. I I'm curious because if you, uh, advice for listeners or watchers, um, see if you can track down Kevin Klein's Cyrano de Bergerac. Uh, it's, it's a really interesting story. Uh, I believe it's based on a stage play originally, F- French. So, I, so uh, speaking from an outsider to what you just said, mm-hmm. that name you mentioned is incomprehensible in my brain, and I cannot spell it. Uh, okay, uh, how do you spell Cyrano? So C Y. Wait. Zero? So C Y R A N O, and then it's D E because I believe it oh, this takes it. place in French, and then Bergerac is B E R G. G-E-R-A-C. Um, and this is a play, yeah, written in 1897 by Edmund Rostand. Um, written in verse, rhyming couplets. Yeah, so it's an old play. The, yeah, Paris, 1640. Da-da-da. Got it. And Yeah, you know, guys uh, fall in love with a girl, movie. but yeah, he thinks... There's a yeah. movie based on this uh, where Dinklage plays Cyrano. And that yeah, that's that just, makes sense. Uh, that makes sense, but he's hot, right? Like he has he has dwarfism, but he's he's very hot. So yeah, like well, that. and and I mean, Kevin Klein is also like an, an exceptionally attractive actor person. So yeah, um, 
Yeah, I mean, Cyrano de Bergerac, I, th- I think his thing is he's got like a big nose is his like ugly feature. Because um, uh, I think it. that, or maybe he wears a big nose for some reason. It has been 10 years probably since I've actually seen the movie. I just, I know that I liked it and I like Kevin Klein a lot as an actor. Sounds, um, it sounds interesting. Yeah, he's in one of my favorite movies, A Fish Called Wanda, if you've ever seen that. I have not. Okay, that's, you got to watch that movie. That's one yeah. of the funniest movies ever made. Yeah, A Fish Called Wanda. Really? Okay. It's Got so it. it's so good. Um, he did a series of movies with um, John Cleese and oh god, who's the who's the actress? Uh, I'm losing it. I'm just gonna Google it. Uh, da, 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 da. It's the girl who wants to play uh, what's her name in One Piece? Jamie Lee Curtis, who wants to play oh, the Jamie Lee Curtis. yeah, yes. Yeah, so that, that movie is uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, John Cleese, Michael Palin. John Cleese and Michael Palin, both from Monty Python fame, uh, and Kevin Klein. Those are sort of the four actors. And it's a, it is a comedy of errors type movie where everyone is stupid but smart in a single thing, and they all are just stupid and mess up. And I like that show. It's such a good, it's such a funny movie. It is, it like, is maybe my number two favorite comedy movie uh, after Hot Fuzz. It's up there. Really? It's definitely it is, top. It is hot, hot fuzz tier. Holy shit! Okay, I think on, it's on hot fuzz list. tier. It is. It is the '90s hot fuzz. I would say. That, uh, that's dope. Um, yeah, well, it's this. It's this case, middle ground uh, between old Monty Python and hot fuzz, and like it's like a transition period. But it's it's such a funny movie. Uh, so that concludes our weekly French movie discussion segment. Um, <laughs> yes. I hope I hope you've been enjoying these. Uh, we do it every week. We love it. Yep. Uh, on to the on to our next discussion of um, mid-century Italian plays. No, we'll uh, we'll stick we'll stick to manga since we're uh, a little bit more up to date on that. Um, let's talk about Oshi. Or let's talk about Dan to Dan. Um, oh yeah, let's do it. This is chapter one o four. This is just Vimola four, Vimola part four. Um, um, let's, before let's, we start this one, can you can you give us a recap on how we I got was, to this? Point? I was going to say, let's set up where we are, because the past, uh, I guess the past three chapters and this chapter have all been a a flash flashback of Mola, who is our resident sort of alien girl uh, who came crashing to Earth, or maybe not crashing to Earth, she appeared on Earth in a big kaiju-type suit, big Godzilla-looking mech. Um, tried to take the golden ball, but it turned out was not, uh, was not the MC's ball, maybe? Or was it the MC's ball? No, I don't remember. I think it just, it was like an illusion of a golden ball and she was invisible. I think they they were trying to get it. Yes, and it turned out to be a different ball that was, the ball was her power source, not the kid's testicle, so... Uh, if you haven't read Dan to Dan, you're gonna be very lost, but yes, the, the, the main character's testicles are... Actually, the single through line of the entire story are uh, this this man's genitalia. <laughs> but essentially, the last couple chapters have been a flashback to Vimola on her home planet, I think. Um, or yep. her planet. Yeah, I believe this is her home planet of origin. Um, the, Sumerian, I think. Yes. Yeah, they call it like old Sumeria or Sumeria or something, which is like weird because it's a real place. But also... Yeah. Interesting because, as you can see on this this page here, there is a Egyptian pyramid tethered above a uh, Mexican Aztec pyramid. So, but these are they are not they are on a foreign planet, as far as we know. Um, 
But that's all... That ties back, because Dan Dan has mentioned pyramids being magical or alien or something in the past, and they have shown up. Uh, they showed up, I think, right before... Um, right before we went to this flashback. But yeah, the cool thing about this flashback is uh, the only surviving... It starts with Vimola... Vimola's parents group of people i guess you would say uh getting wiped out by the sort of bad aliens that we're fighting in present day um and she's saved by this sort of elite marine squad of like grannies which is like so classic dan to dan fun it's wonderful and these characters are great too um i'm in love with all of them and they're pretty much all i think probably destined to die by the next chapter or two so uh yeah but that that kind of leads to this chapter which is where they are they have essentially kind of pledged to go out in a blaze of glory because they're going to get found or they're not going to make it anyway. So their their big thing is they're going to try to steal um they're going to try to steal a ship which I think is the uh Egyptian pyramid, right? Is what they decided the yeah. ship was. Um so they're sort of making their assault here and it's cool because these grannies are like I'm trying to think I think the best uh equivalency I can make is like it's imagine gears of war but instead of like thick neck bros it's grandmas in the suits like that's essentially and, what these ladies are and they they look like uh for audio listeners they 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 look like if you've read dandadin like the granny momo's granny actually she looks like a, a hot young lady these these ladies look like actual grandmas they're right? like oh like, yeah they're like old and thick and like, old overweight but they're, they're yeah. like badass and with their masks on, they all look like Master Chiefs, you know? Yeah, they, they look, look sort like, of like Master Chief, right. Halo, Drop, yeah, ODST, Gears of War kind of type type, uh, type characters. So, yeah, um, so they go, and the interesting thing here is that, again, all, all the characters, Vimola and her grannies, are all female. The females are fighters on this planet, which is just like, I don't even think it's addressed, really. The, no one's like, why are the grannies? It's just kind of like stated as fact, which is cool. Um but they they find men at this compound and they're like we have to try to free them um and the men are kind of all like chained up and enslaved uh and they try and one of the men because dudes are stupid is just like i'm just gonna run uh even though they're trying to sneak away get some caught yeah. yeah i mean i didn't grab all of those pictures because you never know what youtube will let you show but uh the yeah the guys are kind of i mean they're like enslaved essentially and so they cause disruption all of these bad aliens who are a lot of them are ones that we're fighting in present day on earth uh at least a few of them are i'm pretty sure it's the exact same aliens which i think it's implied they might be uh suits or something like that like yeah, power suits so, i think most of them are so because in the chapter before that they fed the sumerians to this like big kitty big pregnant thing. alien monster called a big mama that just made exosuits for yeah this weaker right. race that is just technologically advanced and strong because of the technology but they're weak and squishy on the inside kind of yeah thing. and so i added um in this page i did this page because it's one great visual storytelling great foreshadowing um vimola's sort of mama the one she calls mama who's kind of her like main attachment here um they all kind of are getting wiped out. Obviously, these aliens are much stronger than the than the grannies, unfortunately. Um, she's laying here looking at this Godzilla mech, which is the mech that we first see Vimola in when she shows up in Dan to Dan, you know, 35 chapters or 40 chapters ago, however long it was. 
Um, but the guy, this mech is revealed. I like the mirroring in these middle panels of sort of the the mech face and the granny face, and it's sort of like okay, you know what's coming. Um, yeah, here's some of this. Uh, here's some of these designs. I think this is. I think top right. This is the the big mama. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's but like Vimola, yeah, right and then these are, yeah, yeah, these mechs are ones that are fighting this Gravity One, Tentacles Lady. Um, yeah, I, the visuals in Danadan, if you're listening to us in podcast, I, I'm going to, I won't always do this because I, I do think podcasts should be able to fully be listened to. Um, and I, I don't like when the podcasts I listen to are like, oh, look at this picture, and they don't describe it or whatever. For Danadan, man, you've you have to go read it because it is so visually interesting, visually cool. The paneling, the flow, the art, everything is so interesting. Go check out the video on YouTube. Um, that's on WGB Weekly Manga Podcast. So go check that out because, man, these pages right here are just sick. It's just framing Vimola in the center with all of the sort of bad aliens around her. Um, seeing her kind of like imminent death it flashes back to just with the with the grannies, her saying mama, and then the final page, which is like, God damn, it's so good. <laughs> Can you see this, I hope, on screen? Yeah, it, it is okay. it, it is so fucking cool. And uh, I'll, I'll just shout out the chapter in case, just in case you guys want to go read it on go your flip through it. or whatever. It's uh, 104. Go mm-hmm. check it out. Um, yeah, it, it is It is so fucking tight. It, and, you know, Dededen kind of did what we complained about last week, where you, you kind of put a climactic flashback... Uh, at the crux of well sorry a a flashback during the climax or during a pivotal scene Mm -hmm. and the thing is it just does it well it's just written so fucking well and well and the difference oda Oda does this shit too but Mm -hmm. um yeah i guess the writer is the difference right well the writer is i mean yeah first of all yes it does work better the the second thing this is a good call out because this is uh I didn't I didn't pay attention to this, but as soon as you mentioned it, I can kind of connect the dots of why this is better. Vimola's flashback does not occur at a at a true climax of the fight they are involved in, right? Um, they're within scenes and stories and arcs and everything, there is a natural like up up and down flow to the story of sort of energy, you can say. Uh, when things are low, you're sort of building potential energy, you're setting up. Um, action or you're setting up character or you're setting up plot and then when energy is high you are paying those things off you're in a fight scene you're in a character confrontation you're doing stuff like that um and even within a fight scene you'll notice even in this chapter right um in this chapter we start sort of with a lot of potential energy in the scene because they're they're about to go in um things are low as they kind of sneak in and then a guy runs away energy spikes we're now at a higher energy point um and when you do something like vimola getting surrounded and getting attacked um this is interesting because it's sort of it could be high or low energy right you could go from this is you know things are about to explode uh the energy is about to come down on Vimola in a, in a bad way in this scene, but in the middle of that, we do kind of stop and get a flashback, and she says, Mama, and then it's like, okay, we're either going to end with that, and we're going to kind of low energy coast out of the scene, and you're going to feel sad about what's about to happen, or the attacks unleash, we're sort of back on a higher energy thing, so it leaves things mysterious, and it turns out we end with high energy, right? We, we turns out that foreshadowing page that I mentioned earlier, 
her mama got into the mech and comes in and punches and is about to wreak havoc. But when this whole flashback occurs during Dan to Dan, what would have been 101 or maybe 100 when this started? Um, yeah, that doesn't occur at a high at a like at a high energy or climax of the scene in the way that um, who did we call out last week for for messing that up? Uh, Shit. Um, it I was uh, it was Monster Eight. Yeah, uh, yes, Monster, Monster 8. Eight. Yeah, the way Monster Eight or Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, they are literally breaking away from the climax of like the action. Um, the way and, that Dan to Dan know, does it, it's it's during a low moment where sort of like everyone is kind of reeling from journey, being defeated. Yeah. Right, they're sort of reeling from being defeated, and so it is technically a low energy, like so a, a low. I you could kind of classify it as like kinetic or potential energy, if you remember. Uh, physics kinetic energy is is like active energy being produced and potential is uh like stored energy that's able to be converted to kinetic later so um yeah whenever everyone's kind of reeling from being defeated that is more of a potential energy time where there's action isn't actively happening um cutting away from the action actively happening is bad it is better sorry it is better to cut away from a scene whenever there is a there is a break. Um, and I even think stuff like, uh, like the the big offender for me is Demon Slayer, where literally the blade is going through the guy's neck and you get a flashback, and that's like so lame. Yeah. I mean, literally, if you do that flashback before the blade swings, it's better. It's maybe not perfect, but like it's an improved location to put that flashback I, because I think that's still awful. But, and it's still I, bad. And I, and I it's There's still better places we, to put it, but. And we talked about this at length last week, so I won't, I won't go into it. But, like, uh, I think our issue last week was the conflict is already over in the story, right? Exactly. Uh, right. And now there's a flashback. Here, it's the low point of the hero's journey, and the flashback kind of increases the stakes because the conflict yes. isn't over. Uh, so, yeah, totally get it. Either yeah, way, I mean, amazing flashback. for sure, for sure. It's a, it, the whole thing is amazing flashback. Um, I'm gonna guess we get one more chapter of Flashback Vimala. Yeah, we might, we might come back to present either next chapter or or the one after, um, because this is, I mean, what happens here? I'm, I mean, I'm gonna guess is that you know, Mama sort of saves her, kills all the aliens. She gets the, she gets the mech and the ship and goes and needs to find a power source and she ends up on Earth, right? Like I, I think this yeah. Vimola is pretty. Uh, pretty closely removed from the one that we met and know fairly recently in the story. So, I, I think you're right because uh, she is in kind of distress for and being chased, right? So, right, it, it would make sense that this didn't happen too long ago. Yep. Anyways, Dan Dan is sick. It's such a good series. Easily, easily one of my favorite things to read every week. I'm so excited. It's so good. I just can't. It just works on all levels. And, like, I remember us talking about it, maybe even, like, at the start of the podcast, like, six or eight months ago, about how the one thing I wish it had was it, like, oh, I wish it had kind of, like, more of an overarching, connecting plot. And in my opinion, this Vimola backstory is, and this Vimola backstory connecting to a lot of the invaders we've seen and we're currently seeing sort of is that overarching plot that I really wanted. So... Um, and that was literally like the one thing that I thought that Dan and Dan was sort of missing for me to call it like, I'm not going to say a perfect series, but like an S, an S plus series, an exceptionally good series. And now that we have it, I'm, it's I'm there. Sure. I mean, yeah. I'm not sure this is overarching just yet because I, we'd have to see if the 
alien issue gets resolved or with these specific aliens gets resolved within this arc. Right. Um, and I think it might, knowing Dandadan. Uh, but either so, way, yeah. I, the series hasn't missed, right? Even no. without an overarching plot. So I have I have some faith here. I think the authors earned that. Uh, yeah, this guy, I mean, yeah. Uh, you, tat, tat, it's Tatu Yukinobu or Tatsu Yukinobu um, is the author here. Uh, yeah, this is super fun such an easy read too like the the action is super clear the visual design is interesting it's a good simple story which i really respect and it's just executed so well and we talked about recently it's one of the best love stories kind of in manga right now yeah it's really um it just hits on every level in my opinion it does yeah i mean it's everything about this is great i I, literally no qualms with dan to dan this this chapter also was yeah visual storytelling the visuals, the the emotional weight of it is great. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think the author, uh, this is my last thought on it because I know we have more stuff to talk about, but uh, I, the author does buy-ins really well. Like, I feel like if you do a flashback, uh, you have to have, you have to get the audience's buy-in again because mm. you're cutting away from the stuff they actually care about to do here's what happened in the past kind of a thing. And I think this with the, 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 the turbo grannies with the master chief outfits, uh, that's like an instant buy-in for me, right? Like yeah. I'm bought in, I'm invested already. Like cool. Cut away from the action for this shit. Uh, I feel like, uh, every series has, has to have that kind of buy-in one piece usually gets it within a chapter or two. Uh, this is like the fastest I've bought into a flashback, you know, where I'm like, I'm okay with pausing our main action and I'm here for the flashback, kind of a, a, a beat, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think something um, else smart that he does, just to kind of go back to whenever this flashback started, is you cut away from a quote-unquote action scene with the characters, and you the first scene that we see of the flashback is not a low-energy, I was a child, and my parents were yelling at me, you know, like a lot of these flashbacks. Like, I'm thinking of Demon Slayer, right? Like, oh, I was a kid in an orphanage. It doesn't cut away from an action scene to give you a low-energy sort of character thing. It it This cut from an action scene to an action scene. And so I think that, I think that flows really well um, also. I think that also keeps you buy-in. You go, okay, and also keeps us connected to a character. Obviously, Vimola's there as a child, and she's drawn very cute. That's, I mean, drawing a yeah. cute character is pretty, uh, maybe the easiest way to get buy-in. Um, shout out to Anya from Spy Family. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, all right. excellent. Yeah, so, so, I love Danny. So looks like we have a lot to cover, so I'll, I'll do mine pretty quickly, uh, which is next. It's, um, it's to Aharin. Uh, we have talked about it a few times in the pod, uh, this is the last chapter, guys. Uh, yeah, so this is that. a this is a Harin Senwa Hakaranai, which is a Harin is hard to understand or a Harin is incomprehensible is the translation of it. Um, chapter at least is one sixty seven. The author here is Asato Mizu. And the last chapter, uh, we we got all the epilogue stuff out of the way, and this last chapter is just a reflection of the first chapter mm-hmm. from Aharon's perspective, where she felt like an outsider. Yep, and uh, I grabbed a couple of panels from chapter one, which we'll see. Yep, and I I think uh, it, it's parallel. It's emotionally resonant. It parallels the first chapter so well, and I think it it's also a firm case on why this couple in manga works. 
Because Raido, of course, as we know, is the biggest fucking weirdo in the series. Not Aharon. He, yeah. He's the strange one here. Um, and this is reflected in a less weird and more positive way from her perspective, you know? Uh, I, I think uh, I think it's just such an excellent ending to this manga. And I don't, I don't think it subverted any expectations, nor did it need to. Um, nope. I mean, I think I, yeah. I agree with you on all fronts. This is super comfy, super heartfelt. The, all, of the, all of the last, whatever it was, five or six chapters, which were all kind of flash forward stuff, were all great. Um, I personally, I am a sucker for this kind of chapter one, final chapter mirroring. Um, yeah. Anytime you're sort of like, I had it planned this way the whole time, like that, that gets me. Um, I, I've, talked briefly about attack on titan does this uh with its ending and with a couple of things in the middle of it there's a a the first chapter of attack on titan is called to it's like to you 2000 years from now and then mm-hmm. there's like chapter like 120 is like to you 2000 years ago or something like that anyways anyways yeah i, I i'm so, i'm a super sucker for this like it's the it's the first chapter again, but it remember how it started, and it's still good. Yeah, and seeing this from um, Aharon's POV is good because yeah, because you start the series and you think oh like she's kind of weird and she gets really close and awkward, and then you, like you said, you don't realize that um, Raito the male MC is like he's actually the weird one. Aharon's just kind of normal and soft spoken, um, and seeing her kind of. Uh, mental distress and unsuredness here is great. Um, and this is, this is the, I believe this is kind of the maybe second or third to last page where Raito is like, here, you dropped your eraser. And then here's the shot from chapter one, um, where from Raito's point of view. And he yeah, says like, here great. you drop this. Um, and anyways, yeah, it's uh, a hard and sound is great. Super comfy. Um, we got we got a season of this anime, right? This is like maybe a three season if they wanted to do it, but I don't know. Uh, I, I'm, I'm actually not sure. I I think so. Uh, yeah, we did. We did get an anime. I'm pretty sure it was two or three seasons ago, but... If, if you guys decide to read this, uh, I implore you to give it more than like four or five chapters because in my opinion, it starts out pretty generic. Um, pretty, mu- pretty much like all the other, hey, this girl's kind of strange, but I'm her class member kind of thing. It starts like that. And then it goes off the deep end in the best way. So, um, yeah, it's the, very the male MC is very unique and incredibly bizarre as a human being. Yeah, we mentioned pretty. We mentioned uh, maybe every week the last three or four weeks. We were, the stupid main characters are great, and these are like kind. These are like two idiots falling in love, which is oh, kind yeah, of the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, super good. I Aaron sounds great. Um, as always, like I always say this, but like looking forward to if this if this author does something else, I am, will be excited for it. Um, I also don't. Uh, I have not read all of Aharonson. I read maybe twenty or thirty chapters and then kind of picked it up off and on for the past year, um, and then let, read these last six or seven chapters, the last volume, um, and, and it still hits. Like that's it's good writing to be like, yeah, I know that these two are like together throughout most of the series and then to sort of end it with these flash forwards of where they are and how they're doing and blah 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 and yeah and this this last chapter this is this is a really good end to a romance manga because it uh 
it sort of lets all of the relationship stuff breathe and settle and resolve and then it ends. Yeah, I, I would agree. And uh, it's kind of the story about like the most bizarrely supportive partner in, in the universe where like the male MC will see a Haran being like down or sad or something like that. And instead of thinking, it's like, oh, maybe she's just not feeling well. Maybe it's an insecurity. He's like, maybe she she she's clearly buying up all the property in the area and decided to be a real estate conglomerate, you know, and and just uh, change the property values in this area. Like he goes on a bizarre delusion that he just created in his mind over what the issue is. Yeah, and then he's like, I have to support her somehow in this. Uh, it, it is a million different situations like that. Yeah, I mean it's yeah it's it's super great, super funny, super comfy, really easy read. Um, cool. Yeah, anything else about a Harin? Uh, Rest nope. in peace. Ripperoni, eat it great. Goodbye. All right, let's. Uh, so it, like we mentioned at the top of the show, what? Um, it's Golden Week in Japan, or at least the last. Uh, was it last week? It's the first week of May, I believe, is Golden Week. So I think it's actually this week is Golden Week, or. On the on a, either side of last weekend, so um, no weekly Shonen Jump was published. We got uh, we got a couple of Jump Plus stuff. We got Dan to Dan, uh, but we didn't get Chainsaw Man yesterday or anything like that. So since those authors are all taking a break, we're also going to take a break of doing sort of a main focus on stuff that was published, and we're just going to give some advice of some things that you should read if if there's not a lot being published this week. Go back and read and catch up on something else. So, uh, Gautam and I have both picked five things that we think you should read. Um, mine, I wrote down and then I looked at them and I go, wow, those are actually, those have a theme. Um, so, my list, I I, clo- I called, uh, it's, it's either Oops All Fantasy or Oops All Monthly. Because I think everything I have here is, yes, every single thing I listed here is monthly. And all of them are fantasy. One of them, yeah, they're all fantasy of some kind. Uh, three of them are legit classic high fantasy, and the other two are uh, more modern fantasy. But yeah, I don't know if you found a, uh, I don't know if you found a, a through line to all of yours or not, Gautam. But uh, yeah, so I was actually debating, like when you when you told me to pick five, I was like, let's make the theme gold. Let's have this all relate to gold. But gold. then okay. I uh, I was like, I can only think of three things, and two of them are done. For Golden um, Week, yeah. And then I realized how little of a theme I have across all of mine. So my <laughs> theme is having no theme whatsoever. The theme is no theme. The classic yeah. cop-out. Um, I will start here, and we'll sort of alternate. Um, my first one is one that I have brought up two times, maybe, in, since the start of the year. Um, and it's The Witch and the Beast by uh, Kosuke Satake. This series rocks and i cannot stress enough how cool and interesting this sort of adult dark fantasy stuff is um with like really good art and i mentioned it's got like actual hand-drawn backgrounds really cool setting really interesting it isn't even a magic system it's like just really cool interesting soft magic um the two lead characters are awesome especially the girl uh this is just like a super well-written series super well-drawn very um very mature but not not in the sort of like sex and violence mature way but just sort of in like a subtle good writing um 
yeah, The Witch and the Beast. I everyone should be reading this. It is a is it is a monthly series. As I mentioned, I think everything I brought is monthly because uh, one of my things is I because monthlies are a lot harder to sort of keep track of and get people hyped for. Uh, I think less a lot less people keep read them over here in the West. So um, it's great. Read, read it. This is my number five for recommendations. Did you figure out which one the witch and which one the beast was yet? Uh, the girl is definitely the, the the beast. beast. The guy is not the, well, the guy is not the witch. He might be the witch. The witch is their sort of quest goal is to find a witch. She's got this like curse on her and she's trying to remove it. You can remove it by killing the witch who put it on you or by having another, like you get like a witch's kiss, which is like literally you kiss the witch and it like removes the curse for a time. So Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I like I love the art too. So uh, the art is super I'll, good. Character I'll, I'll, design also exceptional. This one's on my list, even more than Chojin X. Uh, this this seems to strike what I like more. Yeah, this is. I mean, I would. So the the type of readers I would recommend this to. I think if you like, um, if you like Berserk, or if you like vampire stories, or if you grew up on Harry Potter and use that to transition into more modern adult fantasy. I think this is like exactly up your alley, which I'm kind of all of those people, right? I yeah, I love Berserk. I love adult fantasy. I grew up on Harry Potter, um, and this kind of itches all those things. It's got the, it's got magic. It's got like I said, it's sort of dark high fantasy stuff. Um, but yeah, this is this is a big recommendation. So go and seek this out. Oh yeah, and, cool. And your number five, you've brought. Uh, yeah, this is called Tear Moon Empire. And I've not is, heard of this. Yeah, it's kind of underread, in my opinion, considering I feel like it is one of the best in its genre at what it does. Um, by the way, just to preface, my list is not what I thought were the best of the best this year. It's just what I thought are really good. And you guys haven't read. Yeah, aside these lists. A, yeah, the, these lists no are not. Uh, these lists are not necessarily top fives. These are just. You should be reading this, and a lot of the stuff that we talk about weekly. I also think you should be reading, but these are things maybe that we don't get to hit on as often. In my case, or don't uh, just don't have a chance to come up. So yeah, so this is Tier Moon Empire. I'm going to find the author real quick. Oh, um, okay. Wait, the light novel series is written by Nozomu Mo- Mochizuki. Manga adaptation illustrated by Mizo Morino. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so I, here's the appeal of Tear Moon Empire and what it's kind of about. It sounds like a historical thing, but it's not. Um, basically, uh, the princess uh, of the Tear Moon Empire was just such a horrible person and made all the wrong decisions. She was selfish and awful, and she got uh, guillotined. So, but she got reborn into her past self, just like all these villainous stories. She got uh, she villainous got story. Okay. Um, but it's not really an isekai. It's still her. And um, I think the good part about this is that she makes a bunch of decisions to avoid the guillotine. But she does such a shitty job at them. But somehow still fails upwards in the <laughs> best way. She. This is a story about someone who hasn't learned from their mistakes. Is still kind of a selfish idiot. And fails upwards by surrounding herself. Like The only thing she did learn is to be more empathetic and surround her uh, to one person and to surround herself with the people who hated her in her past life on accident. Um, so it is 100% a story about an idiot failing upwards and doing things better 
uh, by by pure accident and coincidence. Um, and it's it's the best at what it does. Uh, I very much like that. Unlike these other stories, the main character is still kind of a moron. Is still kind of selfish. A and stupid main decision, characters again. There they are. Yeah, exactly. Um, she didn't really learn much. She's just failing in a good way this time. Um, so check it out. It is not frustrating to read. It uh, like some of these. It's just very fun. Yeah, and I'm, I, th- I'm, I think it's yeah. dra- drastically underread for this genre, considering there are a lot like it that are more popular that do things way worse. Yeah, I mean, I haven't even heard of this, and I'm you know, <laughs> I'm all over places posting manga and and talking about them. So this is interesting. And and well, villainous stories also aren't really my jam, but uh, mm-hmm. I'll check out one of them one of these days. Either this one or one of the others you suggested. It, it is it is a comedy <laughs> for most. Um, gotcha. Even though it doesn't sound like it based on the title. Yeah. I mean, anything with an idiot main character can be funny and comedic. Yeah. So. Cool. Uh, next on my list is monthly. Nope, you're going next for some reason. Again. Oh, I'm, I'm going next. Uh, yeah. Order of pictures it's, fucked up, so. Uh, no, it's, it's all good. Uh, it's, it's Witch Watch. Speaking of witches, uh, this one, I think, is... I'm, I'm a huge fan of comedy. Uh, I guess as you can tell from my list. Um, but Witch Watch, I think, is probably the most creative comedy uh even if it's not the funniest one at all times would you say it's like the sakamoto days of comedy because they're published very similar time frames uh honestly sakamoto days is uh very i'm I'm comparing the creativity of the fight scenes of sakamoto days to the creativity of the humor in witch watch it, it, the fight scenes, it, like it, it, Sakamoto Days, is like prop based comedy, right? Whereas Witch Watch is experimental comedy, is is what it feels like. Gotcha. They're both amazing, but like I feel like uh, the, the Sakamoto Days appeal is like the different ways they fight and how goofy and how fun they are. Witch Watch is like experimental forms of comedy. It's like using every single different type of comedy every uh, like for different chapters. Uh, and magic is kind of the onus behind the copy you know it's like it's just a different tool to be funny in a different way and every chapter is kind of different in the types of jokes they tell Uh, i don't know it's just incredibly creative i do like that the volume cover has that crucified lion man on the bottom right that we talked about yeah we talked Uh, about this a month or so ago with chapter 100 i think Uh, or was it 102 yeah 100 or 102 with uh the, where, chap, the manga within the manga. Yeah, manga within a manga. It's got what was his name? Uh, yeah, I'm forgetting. I can't like, remember. It was some goofy name, but yeah, he shows up here. It's like um, Doug or something like that. It's a very American. Zach. His name is Zach. Zach. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the chapters I've read of this are really good. Um, I'm going to get back to this eventually because I do kind of want to catch up on it and read it. Because I, you're right that the sort of like in the first, I don't know, I read maybe the first eight or ten chapters, and it's like. She casts a spell and becomes paper and blows away in the wind, and that's the gag. And it's it's constantly stuff like that in Witch Watch, which is like comedy, kind of like Mary Poppins. Uh, yeah, just very sort of like, I will use this magic spell to overcome this situation, and it's like, but I'm stupid, and that magic spell did was not the right one to use. Like, that's kind of the, the seems to be the, the repetition thing there. Yeah. And yeah, it, uh, there was one where they use like teleporting magic, right? And um, a character has to do two jobs at once, classic hijinks. Mm-hmm. And uh, one is at a funeral and one is at a rest- at a wedding. 
And uh, he plays the funeral video of the old man saying, it's like, I, I love my time here, uh, but with my wife gone, I'm happy to see her on the other. Like a very, he plays that at the wedding. And then he plays the comedian, like the uh, comedian video, the groom's favorite comedian at the funeral. And they both end up being huge hits. Everyone at the wedding yeah. was emotionally, like they, they teared up. They loved the old man's speech. And the people at the funeral are like, I'm so glad we could just laugh together again. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, I, it's just a, di I love that chapter. It's just an example, but uh, it's like a different vibe every single chapter. You can never kind of guess where, where this one's going to go uh, every week. It's just great. I like that. Anyway. Yeah. It's, I, I would say it's a sort of on the opposite comedy spectrum of something like Aharon, where the joke is kind of. I don't want to say it's the same every week, but it's the same structured. It's the same, structured, gag, right? it's the same yeah. structured gag every week, even though it's slightly different, funnier, less funnier. But yeah, Witch Watch is more like you're right. It's just doing a lot of different types of comedy, different types of thing. I mean, the sort of switch situation thing you're talking about, the magic hijinks, the random uh, just manga within a manga thing for the 100th chapter, stuff like that. So it's it, super creative. The fact that it stuck around this long in in WSJ as just sort of a regular kind of shonen comedy, uh, I think, speaks to how how good it actually is. And yeah, you're right. And I think like the one gag system is never bad. I mean, sorry, that's an extreme statement. It's not bad to do the one gag system. Um, but if you're good at it, stick to what you know. This guy's like insane. Because it's just a different gag, different type of gag every time. You can tell they try really hard. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if I, this I guy reads... I bet he reads all of the sort of like one gag manga and is like, oh, I can do that for one chapter and does yeah. it for one chapter and then reads the next one. You know, he reads, I don't know, Aharon and then Komi, which is like kind of a single gag type thing. And He did. He was the apprentice of the guy who made Gintama. Um, oh, so, okay. That actually lines up a lot now that yeah, now that you say that. And he had a hugely successful manga called Sket Dance as well. Uh, which yeah, was isn't uh, didn't isn't your cat named after a Sket yeah, Dance? Yeah, I named my cat Switch when I was reading Sket Dance, and I got my kid my my kitty. Um, everyone thinks he's named after the Nintendo Switch. I hate that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a sacrifice you make after, uh, from naming your pets. But uh, yeah. Either way, good good series. Read Witch Watch. Uh, if you like it, go read Gintama or Skit Dance. Awesome, cool. Um, back to monthly fantasy series. Nope, it's you again. Why did I Why did I mess up the order of all of these? It's, it's screw me. Uh, why, why don't you go to one of your? Oh, because it's a WebP. We'll... No, because hold on. I it's uh, I saved one of these images as a WebP, and WebP don't show up in. Uh, all right, here, you're going to get this in my video editing or my uh, picture editing thing instead. So, yeah. That is a um, cool cover. Yes, this is Chojin X by Suishida. Wait, did I, do I have two WebPs? Oh, I did. Let's hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You did. You're not. I did. I, I double skipped. I double skipped. Okay, before... I'll do I'll do two of mine in a row. Uh, this is Dungeon Meshi. This is Delicious in Dungeon by Ryo Kokui. Um, this is another straight high fantasy series, monthly published... That's my theme. This one is about to end. Um, my guess is we've got less than six chapters left until this ends. This is... How do I... This is one of the most surprising, surprisingly good manga I have ever read. Because... 
because the first couple of chapters were just okay. They, they were certainly good. Um, and I think that, uh, I think the author here, artist and author, the, the mangaka, they, their visual design and character design is some of the best in the biz, even though their art is incredibly simple. Um, they also have like a super deep knowledge of like classical kind of Dungeons and Dragons fantasy. This is like, I don't want to say like clearly they've played Dungeons and Dragons, but like clearly they were sort of in tune with uh, the sort of high fantasy tropes, um, but they play with all of them. And once you get, I'm trying to remember how many chapters it took me, I think it was like around 12 or 14 chapters in, um, this whole series kind of takes, I'm not going to be like, oh, it takes a darker turn and then it's way better, but it's sort of like, it sort of stops being a weird kind of like recipe, like fantasy recipe gag manga. And it starts just being this like high fantasy story that occasionally will have them eat, you know, eggs and give you a weird recipe for it. Uh, but I definitely think that the hook is there. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is just like when we talk about stuff like one piece being simple storytelling, uh, sort of edits like well executed, simple storytelling at its best. Um, this this is the kind of series that Dungeon Meshi, uh, Delicious and Dungeon is, is it's simple storytelling with these deep, sort of flawed, nuanced characters that are incredibly designed in a kind of detailed world with this, this world building that's really interesting of why dungeons exist and kind of what the elves are and they live long and, and half elves and there's uh, halflings and dragons and there's all this and dwarves and ogres. There's all this kind of classic fantasy stuff and none of it is exactly like you've seen before. Um, it is all, it is all a little bit different. Um, it isn't just, oh, the elves are, you know, super, you know, pompous and magical. It's like, well, they are pompous and magical, but you know, there's, there's another layer to it. Um, the halflings, you know, are, I don't know. I, I don't want to go into every single detail because I think you absolutely should go and read this. Um, it is available in the West. There is an anime coming by Trigger, which is going to absolutely fucking rock. Um, I'm definitely going to watch that. that I think, that, I think I will too, because I, because I, I want to experience the sort of turn again, the turn from, haha goofy egg recipes every week to oh this is you're like seeing a flashback of a destroyed world that created the dungeon and who the dungeon master is and how, why that matters and how that's gonna go about saving uh the main character's sister and all this stuff um bonus shout out for dungeon meshi here the author oftentimes in the like bonus content of the volumes will do these character visual artistic explorations of so they would say like hey the the main character Lias uh he's a human what would his character look like as an elf as a half elf as a halfling as a dwarf as an ogre and she like draws all of these right um and she'll do that for like all the main characters and then she'll say okay what if what if the main characters existed in modern times or what about the 80s and she'll do sort of um creative character costume design type things very much kind of a like you, you might call it like a practice but what it really is to me is it's like an artistic exercise from this this author and putting it on display i think is really cool because that's the kind of thing that i think 
a lot of authors, artists, those type of people don't get time to do once they start manga. They don't get to sort of explore, well, you know, what would my character be like if they were alive in the 1870s? What kind of clothes would they wear? Um, Because doing those kind of exercises with your characters, with your art, with your design, um, those are super useful. And you can see, in my opinion, you can see this author's mastery over those type of character things. Um because she does those exercises and publishes them. In fact, there's I think there's two whole art books of Dungeon Meshi that are literally I, just her doing those kind of exercises. And it's I like I sent you a screenshot of one of them a few minutes ago. Um, yeah, uh, pull that up real quick. It's just a good example of what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, let me uh, get it up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is exactly yeah, this is exactly what I was talking about here. This is uh, these are not the main characters, but this is some of the sort of like secondary characters. But yeah, it's like they're uh, are these all humans on the left? Yeah, I think these... No, I think this lab bottom one is an elf. I don't remember the second to last one. Uh, but yeah, this is like the left side is them as humans. Uh, second from the left is elves. Middle is halflings. Right is dwarfs. And there's another race that I'm forgetting, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which I don't remember the name of. But. I, I'm, I'm forgetting. I think, these, I think very right is half elves because they're semi-pointy ears. Yeah, that might be right, yeah. Halflings, yeah. Halflings, dwarves, half-elves. I think that makes sense. Yep. Cool, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is exactly the kind of thing that, like, this author... These are the types of exercises that that artists can do that will just make their character design, them understanding their own characters better. What's... I mean, this this shows, like, okay, what's... Uh, like, let's take a look at the red-headed girl in the middle. Like, what's core to this girl's character design? If you just saw on the left, you'd be like, oh, well, you know, she's she's pretty, she's got the red hair and everything. And then it's like, okay, but when you sort of change the change the race that she is, change the, um, the pieces around her, it's like, okay, but the red messy hair stays, her kind of sultry eyes maybe change a little bit. But, you know, you're finding the, the key points of the character and... And latching onto them and knowing that you can give your character a design and a feel that, you know, persists through any kind of uh, changes you might you might throw at them. I, I think it's just uh, like you, you, you already mentioned this, but just to reiterate, it's like such a strong character design exercise. Like if you look at the human column, it's like soft features. Second mm. column, elves, dark features. And then the very right is half elves. Where they have a combination of soft and sharp features, right? Right. Um, yeah. I think it's just excellent work, and I, 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 this would have been on my list too, Bruce, if I didn't see it on yours. Um, totally. I mean, I, this is a great series. So, when I pitched it to you, uh, like all those months ago, I, I described it as pure magic, and I, I feel that way about a handful of series. I think Dungeon Meshi just has that X factor, that unknown variable that makes it incredibly special yep and i that's and that's i think what what i was trying to hit on is that that x factor kind of i think it shows up in chapter one and it kind of lurks below the surface and then when you get about 12 or 14 chapters in right two volumes or so it it starts to really come out um (laughs) but the first couple chapters are really just about sort of like getting to the characters setting up the world the sort of races the magic the interaction those sorts of things and then once all of those are set up the story really just is like okay, now we're in it. Now that X factor is present. Um, and man, the last like year, right? The last 12 or so chapters have just been like such a wild ride. I mean, this feels like, uh, this really feels like the most excellent 
Dungeons and Dragons campaign storytelling you could imagine, like with these players. Yeah, easily. It, it, it is the closest and best D&D manga you'll ever read. So if that's what you're looking for, go yeah. get it, man. For sure. Okay. Um, I will follow this up with my other one and then we'll be back on track. Um, this is Chojin X by Sui Ishida. This is another month, monthly published manga. This is another, this is more modern fantasy. Um, uh, Sui Ishida known primarily for Tokyo Ghoul, which is a big hit six or seven. When did that first six years ago, maybe 2014, 2015, yeah. 16. I, I would, I would I agree. Yeah. That long ago, but it doesn't feel like that long ago. Yeah, I mean, the anime, of course, rocked it off. Um, I've talked about this fairly recently, uh, so I won't belabor the point too uh, too long. You can go find those episodes. I think they're month, month and a half old now. Um, yeah, this is... I think more people should be reading this because... And I will bring this up in my, in my number one slot. This is my number three slot. Um, a lot of authors who write pretty okay or pretty good series will come back again with another series and less people read them, even though I feel like more people should be reading them, right? You should pick up fans from your first series and when they come back with a new one, you should have all those fans and some new people willing to check it out. Um, and I feel like Tokyo Ghoul was such a, like such a huge kind of, you know, anime of the year type hit. Not that it necessarily had that quality, but it was kind of the thing that everyone was watching, everyone was reading, um, its panels show up a lot on sort of like what's your favorite spread. Um, Suishida, I think, is a great uh, a great artist. Lots of really interesting design things. Like you can see clearly, these covers are these covers are sick. Uh, it was uh, JJK before JJK. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Chojin X is like super interesting, and it now is the perfect time to catch up because we sort of have just done a big time skip, which we've only got one chapter on. So um, if you want to catch up, it's maybe 40 chapters, maybe not even. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a weird one to talk specifically about what it does really well. It's just one of those things that's like, in my opinion, this is like like far superior to Tokyo Ghoul, especially just kind of like from chapter one. Like I sat down and tried to read Tokyo Ghoul from chapter one and got, I don't know, five or six chapters in and was kind of like, eh, like the action is really messy. I'm having a hard time keeping up with, with fight scenes and there's a lot of them and the main character is kind of, kind of whiny and lame at the start and that's annoying. Um, and Chojin X kind of like does all of those things way better. I think the the action it's not perfect now, but like it's it's a much improved visual design stuff is more unique. Uh, Tokyo Ghoul is maybe a little I don't want to say bland, but it's a little kind of like ah yes, magical powers in Tokyo fighting demons or vampires. We've done this. I've talked about this. The Bleach problem, right? The mm-hmm. Yu Hakusho slash Bleach problem. Um, Chojin X goes away from it far enough. It's like, are they in Tokyo? No. Are they in Japan? Yes. Is it modern day? Not really. It's like fantasy 1999. It's like a little bit of a period piece. Um, This is just, it's hard to describe why this is so interesting if you haven't read it or seen it. Um, But I can't recommend it enough because I think that if you like Tokyo Ghoul or if you're kind of looking for the next, uh, like you mentioned, kind of the next uh, Jujutsu Kaisen type thing, um, I think I think it's Chojin X. And I think the second that this anime hints, if it's done well, uh, hopefully I know that Tokyo Ghoul fans were disappointed in the anime at a lot of moments. Um, as soon as this one gets an anime, which I'm going to guess is coming within two years, maybe not even that long, uh, this is going to blow up and I'm here to 
say I told you so before it happens because it's it's a great series. I think it's better than Tokyo Ghoul by not even just by a little bit. Like I could not read Tokyo Ghoul, and I love I like Chojin X a lot. So yeah, honestly, it seems like a good one. I I personally like Tokyo Ghoul, so I think that that also makes it. I think I think if you I like Tokyo Ghoul, I think you, yeah, I think you'll like this even more. Like I just think it yeah. is better. Um, Cool. Okay. So that's, yeah, that's my number three. So, okay. Close the video editing. Close that. We're back. This is your number three or number two now. Where are we? Uh, this is my number three. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, my, my, uh, last two honestly have that X factor. They're magical. Um, but my number three is also very good. It's a miracle chan. Um, it has yes. an anime and I think, uh, a lot of, the criticism for the anime being that there are gratuitous panty shots and fan service shots of Mirko mm, are, are warranted because why? Like that is not the appeal here, right? Like we don't need to see her panties because the appeal is like the, the horror of it all. Uh, it is the best slice of life horror manga out there. And it, in its current state, it pivoted from her just seeing these freaky ghosts and espers to her being in school with a freaky ghost type thingy. Uh, it's just a normal, like, model student. Like, like she's a model. She's, like, really beautiful. But to Mirko, she looks like uh, a humanoid with just a huge octopus tentacle creature on, on instead of a head. Um, and it, it is just great. It is a uh, slice of lifey. It is terrifying. Uh, it does so much well. So I, I feel like if you tried the anime and it wasn't your sh your scene, give it another crack in manga form. Um, yeah. I think it's just better. I was reading something, I think, on this recently. Uh, I think it was someone started a thread that was like, oh, what, you know, what anime or manga totally threw you off with the, you know, fan service or whatever. And someone was like, oh, I watched the Mirko-chan anime and it was like packed full of fan service and i was like i've read the first couple of chapters of bierka chan and i don't remember that at all and there were a yeah. lot of comments responding being like oh yeah that's in like chapter one only and then it just stops and it moves on um, yeah effect effectively like her 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 best friend still has some fan service but there is not a lot of fan service in mirko chan the yeah. manga uh and it's, it's kind of uh since we talked about Dan to Dan, that's kind of one of those things where it's like the first chapter of Dan to Dan kind of has a lot of fan service in it. And then there's like none at all after that. Like the first chapter has the female MC like stripped down to underwear for half the ch half the chapter. And then that never happens again. And it's not a plot point ever. And there's like hardly any fan service in it. So I, yeah. I get it. Japan, sometimes you feel like you have to hook people with panty shots and i the west is less tolerant of that i don't know how japan feels about it but i and you know like it, it works and stuff like kill a kill or something well, yeah, meant well, to be like gratuitous and etchy and all that yeah. stuff that's, that's fine but mirka-chan has a completely different selling point which yeah makes, it's just like horror it takes you out of it yeah with fan service yeah, yeah the, the the appeal of mirka-chan i think to to me and and i think a lot of people is the sort of juxtaposition of oh cute you know high school whatever cute girl and then like absolute grotesque terrifying demons um and yeah. they're kind of you know you'll go through a chapter that's like oh mostly normal yeah this is kind of a slice of life and then it's like boom terrifying junji ito shit you know on screen on the page uh 
uh, and playing those against each other and Mirko trying to deal with like, I'm just going to ignore you or I'm just going to school or whatever. It's a super interesting series. I need to catch up on it because I think I would like this a lot if I, if I finished reading it. It stays good. So uh, I think you'd like it too. Cool. Uh, but yeah, that that's uh, that's what I got on Mirko, John. Awesome. Um, um, I yeah, I fucked up another picture thing, so I have to open this in my photo editor again. Sure. Probably. So yeah, you're looking at uh, yes. So again, keeping in theme, we we again have high fantasy and a monthly published series. Uh, this is Witch Hat Atelier by Kamome Shirahama. Um, this is. You're up to date on this also, right? You're still reading this? I am. I am. Yeah, it's very good. I mentioned earlier that if you grew up or you read and like Harry Potter, you should check out uh, Witch and the Beast. If you're like like a what what do the Harry Potter fans call themselves? Do they have like a name? Uh Potterheads. Are they is it really Potterheads? That sounds right, but it also so. sounds I, stupid. I think That's so it's probably right. Um yeah. no shame. If you're a Potterhead and you like Harry Potter, this is your series. And this is like 17,000 times better than Harry Potter's writing. Um, Witch Hat Atelier is about a bunch of girls learning magic. Magic is tied to art. The art is here is gorgeous. Um, uh, Shirahama here is the, the best panelist, I think, ever in comics I've ever seen. Her paneling, her paneling is insane. Um, and that's not just like, oh, she draws very good panels. No, the way she like frames a page and uses, uses the boxes on a page for transitions and tying visuals together. It's really hard to even talk about without showing you some examples. Um, I'm going to do a video on this someday cause this is something I, I think is just really cool and really, uh, really tied to kind of a visual uh, a video essay would would do really good things to talk about it. Um, yeah, easily. Th- I think Western Western comics and manga. Um, Shirahama's Witch Hat Atelier is the best paneled thing I have ever read. The art is gorgeous. The storytelling is again this kind of nuanced and mature story, but not again not mature in this like sexual and violent way, but mature in handling. Uh, the relationship between uh, children and adults, and you know, two way, two way streets of trust between them, and these power dynamics between ruling classes and banning of you know certain streams of thought and people rebelling against that, and you know, is it right to control this magical power? Is it right to not expose it to everybody? Just some of the best writing in manga right now, I would say, uh, and awesome visuals not enough people read it i i I need to go and reread this uh because i've again it's monthly published things it's easy to sort of uh lose the thread of where you're going um and i caught up on this maybe six months ago or so so yeah i i cannot sing the praises enough of of shirahama and and which had atelier it's it's so good i believe this has an official um western release so you can go and buy volumes of this which i highly encourage you to do because the visuals are again like the the real selling point here. Uh, it's all amazing. I completely agree. It's it's fucking phenomenal. And to add to all that, it is a very cute coming to age story, coming of age story. Yeah, I it is. It has some cute things in it. Uh, I think this this is this gets really dark though. 
So I, I'm, I'm. This is does, not. I just like the MC though. I, I relate. It is their cute drawn girls. I will say the appeal is yeah. there. Um, I wouldn't give this to anyone under I don't know thirteen or fourteen. Maybe if uh, if you need recommendations for children, I don't know why. Maybe children listen to the podcast. Who knows? Well, I hope not. We say well, fucking if stuff. If you're a child, go watch Little Witch Academia instead. That's a really cute one. Yes, I, I mean. That's a good call out. If you like Little Witch Academia, this is kind of less goofy, more serious, but same mm-hmm. vibes here. Um, again, my theme is sort of uh, fantasy and monthly, and Witch Hat, as far as fantasy goes, uh, is just exceptional. So, Hey, you, you want to know what? We have a, a joint theme, kind of, talking about witches a lot. It's a Are lot there a lot of... Based manga. Is he... Yeah. Tear Moon Empire? Did that... There's some magic well, no, in there. I, I, I mean, Witch Watch... Watch. But Which Farina I mean, Miracle Chan has. There's some magic in Miracle Chan, right? She can see the undead. Your next yeah. one doesn't have much magic in it, but uh, it's a different kind of magic, huh? It, it is a different kind. It is the the magic of family and joke. So let's let's talk about your next one then, because that's going to pop up. Uh, yeah, uh, but it is bizarre that out of our ten, our ten choices, we have three with the word witch in them. Um, this might have been a good Halloween list, honestly. Um, Do we have three? Yeah, Witch and the Beast, Witch Hat Atelier, Witch Watch. Witch Watch, Miracles, um, Halloween. Yeah, anyway, um, Yotsuba, uh, it's ongoing. It releases when it releases. It is uh, fucking magical. I absolutely adore it. It is purely slice of life comedy. And I will say, if you're feeling down, if you're not feeling great that day for any reason, uh, why don't you just go relax and read some Yotsuba? I, I assure you it'll improve your mood by whatever degree. At least it does for me. I think uh, I think in terms of slice of life, it's not really my genre. But this is perfection. I I, I, I want to be in this slice of life. I, I well I don't want to be in it. I'm I'm just happy watching it or reading it. Uh, Yotsuba's just a, a rambunctious little girl uh, being raised by a single dad, and that is the plot. She gets into hijinks. And uh, I think the uh, one of the appeals of Yotsuba, unlike other manga with little kids being cute, is that Yotsuba is acts the most like a little kid. Yeah. In, in terms of they're not like adults like or mature in any way. She's just a rambunctious, rowdy little girl who gets into mischief, who does nice things, who does stupid things. You and know, she's like, st- yeah, I was going to yeah. say, this is... In keeping with with another theme that we talk about often, which is we love stupid main characters, Yotsuba in, is, is pretty stupid. But, but like the appropriate amount of stupid for what is she like six or whatever? So, uh, yeah, she's like five or something like that. Yeah, um, like pretty young, but like so like very stupid, but like appropriately stupid for her age. But it's in an in an earnest and honest way. Um, I've read a couple of chapters of this, but not not a whole lot of it. But yeah, and this is like you said, this is like a perfect. Like, just sort of feel good, laugh. Like, even when things go wrong, it isn't that bad. The Yeah, it's. I mean, it's just feels good, looks cute, positive vibes, goofy fun. Yeah, Yotsubato is the name of the series. I think which is Yotsuba and. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, exactly. It's yeah, by, this is by uh, Kiyohiko Azuma is the author there. So, yeah, Yotsubato is... Uh, is a lot of people read this. This is a very popular series uh, in Japan. And, and it's this... more popular in the West, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, it's 4chan's mascot. The only property they won't shit on or touch uh, 
in a bad way. You know, it's like everything is fair game. Um, yeah. But back back when I was an edgy team posting on that that website, Yotsubo was kind of the the sacred cow of all of it. Uh, and also, uh, the author made Azumanga Daio. Um, uh, which was, okay. Yep. Yeah, huge back in the day. Uh, it was one of the progenitors of slice of life. Absolutely, yeah. One of the sort of original, really big, popular uh, slice of life anime for sure. Azumanga Daioh, yep. Uh, yeah, so if if you want to read Slice of Life Perfection, and no, I'm not overselling it, read Yotsuba. <laughs> awesome. Um, we're on to our sort of number one pick. I. It looks like we both put our biggest and best thing last. I know I did. I think yeah, you I, did. Um, no, nah, this is, mine is small. Not, not really me. Yeah, I mean, I, not a whole lot of people read yours, so we might need to get a couple yeah. more reading it before we can even have a conversation. But um, yeah, my pick here is... I, and I've talked about, if you've listened for more than a month or two, you've heard me talk about this. This is Yomi no Sugai by uh, Hiromu Arakawa. This is the author of Full Metal Alchemist. She's awesome. And Silver Spoon, which is maybe actually the best slice of life ever written. Okay, um, yeah, goddamn. That's that's also perfect. I yeah, I also, I didn't, yeah. this is a coincidence, but I'm like, I'm repping, wait, where did I put on the camera? I'm like repping my oh, uh, yeah. Full Metal Alchemist shirt here. Full um, Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, anyways, this, like, saying that more people should be reading this to me, like, I, I, I've legitimately yelled, I think, on this podcast about how angry I am that there's not more people reading this. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is still the number one rated anime on Mal. And it's, it is so coveted and protected and or maybe just accepted as such a quality story that has all of the magic all of the character all of the plot all of the momentum all of the writing and and design and everything going for it it's exceptional and i i am i will say i'm not one of the people who goes and downvotes other things when they pass uh full metal alchemist brotherhood nor am i someone who goes and uh and upvotes it i i believe i do have it rated as a 10 on Mal, um, I would absolutely rate the original Fullmetal Alchemist that high. I would rate Silver Spoon that high. I think Yomi no Sugai, I would also rate that high. Um, this series fucking rocks. It's so good. It's, man, it's just so good. She just has such mastery over, like, over characters and interesting decisions. And her world building is also, like, I know that we talk about I, I've talked about world building in like almost all of my picks because it's a it's a super cool thing that I think is a speaks to a good writer when you can develop a world in 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 addition to characters and plot. Um, those three things together can just can just make or break a story. And man, something about and anyone who's seen Full Metal Alchemist or Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood can attest to this. Um, in you know. 60 70 80 episodes or i guess if you watched all of full metal alchemist and brotherhood it's maybe about 100 episodes think about all of the world building that's done in that and how dense it is right like it, and if you read full metal alchemist i think it's maybe around 100 chapters maybe it's like 110 um the amount of world building that arakawa can fit into that is is insane to me like and 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 that is true of Yomi no Sagai. Also, this has an English name. It's called Demon Demons of the Shadow Realm. It's fucking stupid. We're not going to mention it. It's called Yomi no Sagai. Uh, 
that name is stupid because it misses out on the entire twin subtext dynamic in this series. Uh, I, yeah, this is, her paneling is awesome. Her, her character design is, is top of the game. Her art is simple, um, but I think she is exceptional for it. Um, I cannot, yeah, I have to, she, she is, I, I legitimately think she is my favorite manga author because I think she is, she is the whole package and has proved to being the whole package in two separate, completely different stories. Um, Mm -hmm. the only other people who I'd put on the same level would be, I mean, I think Oda is up there because he's done something that like almost no one else has done with how long running, um, and deep one piece is. But um, Arakawa has done easily maybe the best shonen of all time. I think Fullmetal Alchemist, I think there is a very good argument to be made for that of being the best written, the best designed, the best world building, the best character writing in shonen ever. I mean, I'm having a hard time having anything get, get anywhere near it. Uh, and she's done A Slice of Life in Silver Spoon that is easily maybe the best slice of life ever written yeah you're so good yeah so fucking good yeah i agree yeah so anyways uh it's it's like the best working one of one of if not the best working manga artist and when uh, these chapters i'm basing this mostly on like they go up on reddit how many upvotes do they get uh most weekend stuff like this the weekly shonen jump stuff like i'm trying to think couple chapters ago Jujutsu Kaisen got like six or eight K upvotes so that's kind of like a pretty big one um a lot of the popular stuff most weeks hits around like two thousand two to three thousand maybe four if it's a big week um but everything in sort of that like 1k to 2k range is the pretty well often read stuff on uh on reddit the last chapter of this I think got like I don't know 250 upvotes like embarrassing like this is I'm gonna get. I'm working myself up and getting angry again. Like this is the author of fucking Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and there's not thousands of people reading this every week and going, "Oh my gosh, it's so good." Because it is. I'm angry. More people should read this. This is why this is top for me. It's it's one of the best working author artists mangaka ever. It's it's full. It's Full Metal Alchemist Part Two. It isn't Part Two, but it has the same right. Uh, Arakawa has all the same qualities, right? Yes, all the same Arakawa has n- has not been back to her own uh, designed and written shonen since Full Metal Alchemist finished, and it finished in like 2007, I want to say, maybe 2008 or nine. Um, but yeah, it's been like almost 15 years since she's been back to her own original uh, shonen story which Full Metal Alchemist was, and Yomi no Sugai is. Um, she also does Ar- uh, Arslan, Sinki, As- Aslan, Arslan? Aslan's the lion from Lion of the Wardrobe, Arslan. Uh, um, but she is not the I, author of that, she is just the artist, I believe. I so. think it's also Arslan for the night thing. Arslan is, is what... It's a, the same name as the lion, I think it's that's also... Yeah, it's Arslan. No, the, the lion is Aslan. Oh, okay. Never mind. The manga is Arslan. I think. I believe that's right. If we're wrong, that that is correct. That is correct. Roast me in the comments if we're wrong. Um, Okay. But yeah, I, I, again, I just, I like, uh, I'm so in love with 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 Arakawa here and her writing and her design and her world building. Um, This is only. I'm trying to think how many chapters in we are here. Like maybe 20 chapters in total. Seventeen. Yeah. So yeah. Seventeen. Okay. Very small amount. No, that was a guess too. 
Oh, okay. But, yeah, yeah. It, 20 or so chapters. Um, and the amount of world building in those 20 chapters is like, I can tell you like an incredible amount about the world. And it's not like she's just info dumping like world building on you. She's like working it into a super interesting plot and very interesting characters. The lead character here, one of my favorite moments that's happened so far is he's sitting down at like a meeting with people who he thinks are like, they're not really the bad guys, but they like, they might be against him. They've like kind of captured and held his sister and he's trying to kind of feel them out. And they're like, Hey, like, you should join us. And I'm, you're kind of thinking in your head from reading like, oh, these guys might be the good guys. Maybe they were kind of labeled incorrectly early on. Um, and he just is straight up. He's just like, he's just like, no, I will not be joining you. He like stabs a table. He's like one of the most proactive shonen protagonists I have ever seen, which is so refreshing because generally shonen male protagonists are filled with these, not wimpy, but these like sort of undecisive, these Deku types, right? Where they're just kind of like, I want to do what's right and blah, blah, blah. This guy is like, I will kill you. Like, I will cut your throat. I will murder you to get to my sister. I am not joining you. I'm doing my own thing. Um, He's like trained killer, aggressive. He does just look like Ed from Fullmetal Alchemist. He's not. He's like a very different character. Um, I I could go on forever. Gominos, the guy's so good. This should be getting... Every time this shows up on Reddit, this should be getting 3,500 or more upvotes. And until it does, I will not rest. And I, I believe it will once an anime airs and yeah. you can attach it to Full Metal Alchemist. I think after that happens, everyone will be here for it for a long time. But uh, until that day, I will keep preaching from the mountaintops. Uh, Yomi no Sugai by Hiromu Arakawa. It's, it's so good. It's funny you say that. I, I rewatched an episode of FMA and... Um like the first one, and Ed is so goddamn proactive throughout that whole series. He really but is, especially yeah. the first one, he he's actually, like, not even technically in the right among, like, I, I don't know how to explain this, but uh, in the first, at the end of the first chapter, uh, one of the side characters is having kind of a emotional and mental break. Because yeah, like a religious faith. crisis. Yeah, religious crisis. Exactly. A crisis of faith. There you go, yeah. And Ed tells her, well, Pick yourself up and keep moving forward. He's like, you have two, you have two good legs, don't you? Yep. And he doesn't, right? Like, I, Ed is missing limbs. And that is, like, such a proactive... Like, it, it talks about Ed as a character. It talks about the world. Uh, it talks about that setting for that arc, especially. It's just... Arakawa weaves everything together so well. And she she just has a mastery of every single aspect of manga storytelling that is like you're actually right. The the first chapter of Full Metal Alchemist is the what is it called Lior? Lior, yeah. Yeah, is like Lior like the desert thing. If you read that chapter 1 and you're not like you don't buy in, like what's wrong with you? Shame yeah. on you. It's such a it's such a good boiled down sort of reduced everything she's good at it's like you said it's like the, there are proactive main characters who know what their goal is they pursue that goal they have crises along the way their fights and stuff it's it's so good i read the first uh, like five or six chapters and the there's a couple chapters later where they're just like on a train and there's some action and paneling on that train thing that is so perfect that's just like mm-hmm. so perfect that even watching the anime is sort of like oh it's kind of like a normal anime thing but Anime and manga visuals are very different. Uh, again, I, I, I won't go on any longer here. Read Yomi no Sugai. When you read it, when it shows up on Reddit manga, go and give it an upvote so I'll shut up about it. Uh, 
That's my ask. This is this is the thing everyone should be reading because virtually everyone in anime and manga has seen Full Metal Alchemist, except for for some reason Gart from Trash Taste has still not watched it. Um, maybe someday. Maybe but someday. I I have my sneaking suspicions that he has seen it. And he just jokes like he hasn't because it's a fun joke. But who knows? Um, yeah. Anyways, this is this will be the next big thing the second anime hits and I. I'm when we get an anime it's it's it'll be huge because this is a it's a great story it's super it's like I mean Full Metal, Full Metal Alchemist is kind of adult too once you get into it um it is, it is very yeah it is generally considered a like shonen seinen kind of 50-50 thing kind of like Attack on Titan is um this is very similar it's like there's violence there's murder there's death there's stuff like that so okay FBI no more a shit, a shit ton of war crimes <laughs> yeah yeah um, there's a lot of war crimes in Full Metal Alchemist there's a lot of I mean yeah, Full Metal Alchemist is, right? is kind of about like war and the fallout of war is very is yeah. very core to the uh, PTSD, human corruption. Exactly, so exactly. Yeah. And before we go on to our final one, uh, which is my 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 number one, uh, I just want to say this list, of course, is stuff we think more people should read. You know, mm-hmm. um, underrepresented things. More people should be reading this and. We just wanted to get that out of the way. Yeah. So Little, my, I mean, my, this is literally my. I see the chap. Like I miss the chapters the day they show up because not enough people upvote them on Reddit. Like that. This is yeah. my list of like, please upvote these so I can see them on my front page instead of bury it a couple pages deep. This is my. This is what I, exactly. we're here for. Yeah. So let's move on to my next one. Cool. Yeah. Hit, a little uh, a hidden known gem. It's One Piece. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, I, and I and I mean it. More people should read it. Every I, single human being should read it. It's I mean, awesome. from from the angle we are approaching of more people should read the series. It needs more upvotes so that more people can see it. Like, sure, I'm behind it. One Piece is great. More people should read One Piece, especially in, in, our, in America in the West. <laughs> Agreed. And in our notes, uh, we have like this list uh, labeled out. I put trumpets behind One Piece. I said One Piece, baby. Uh, yeah, it is. It is fucking phenomenal, man. I. How does how does it keep being? Okay, so it does good? show up. Yeah, I don't know. this is how he has it in our in our list. If it's on, the, yeah. uh, somehow Notepad has the trumpet emote, which is that absolutely why it's I, absolutely wild to me that it does. But yeah, it it's there. Crazy, so, yeah. um, first of all, it has such phenomenal world building. Um, another another series that I think just has the magic X factor. It it is it does everything right. Characters, world building, yep. um fights hype moments pacing it, it flashbacks everything it does everything fucking right i'm not even gonna list them because there's no point uh and currently it's been going for so long you might think uh, surely it's kind of lost a beat here here or there right it's been going for it hasn't it's gotten mm. better you think it one ha- piece has lost a beat no it has it has indeed i think gotten better over time in general it has a few missteps in the middle i will say is, is the one thing oh, but that's I'm, I'm not saying it's like perfect 10 out of 10 all throughout but damn if i don't feel like it is consistently yeah amazing it's definitely one of those like you get to there's a time skip in the middle of it spoilers um you get to the time skip and the arc right after that is sort of like pretty okay and then it's like oh that's oh punk hazard's the best arc oh just rosa's actually the best arc oh uh, whole cake is the best start. Yeah, yeah uh, whole cake actually is this. As I was reading, this is what I was saying. Now I'll, I'll go back because I th- Alabasta is my favorite because I think it's the first time that One Piece is like 
really solidly just dis- on display all of the fundamentals that Oda has, but like easily the best written arc is like the next one starting at uh punk hazard like i punk hazard is the probably the best arc up until that point and then i think Dressrosa is probably better than punk hazard and i think whole cake is better than those and i think wano is probably better than all of those and this egghead yeah. stuff has been really awesome um so yeah it's it's and it's like exactly like you're saying like how do you it's like a bunch of 9.5s and 10s uh, it's like, how do you stack rank that, right? Without making yeah, something exactly. bad. You don't. They're just all fucking good. Uh, yeah, it, and I'll get back to this cover picture in a second, but um, at the moment, Oda has told such a large story. It's an odyssey, like we've always talked about. An epic, yeah, um, an epic story for sure. An epic, yeah. Um, that's the word I was looking for. And it's all the plot points are converging, getting answered, and it is just phenomenal to be living in this time uh, for one piece alone. I, I That's not hyperbole. I, I truly means a lot to me. I love this series. The best uh, favor, the best favor yeah, you've I, ever done for me. You've, you've bought me tickets to movies and dinner and all this stuff. The best thing you ever did is you forced me to read a hundred chapters of one piece before the end of is it 2019, I think. Yeah, or maybe yeah. 2018 no it was 2019 um and i seriously went to like december 26th before i started reading i was like man i don't want to do this i don't want to read one piece it's so long monkey d luffy is the stupidest name for a main character and i remember like chapter one i was like okay this is pretty good and then by the time we got to like uh what is nami's arc called uh arlong park arlong park by the time i got to and through arlong park i was there's the the iconic scene of Luffy putting the hat on Nami's head and saying like, of course we'll help you. I got there and I was like, this is, this fucking rocks. Like a one piece is so good. You may be thinking it's too long. Or if you, here's, here's, if you tried to watch the anime, especially when you were a child in the late nineties, early two thousands in America, specifically four kids has ruined your perception of what is like, like we mentioned, what is, one of the only modern like epic stories one of the only epics in manga there's like kingdom maybe counts also but it's one piece is really good there is it is we mentioned it um maybe with which or not which hat um with dungeon meshi but oda is one of those guys who has such a command of the parts of storytelling and art and executes them in such a simple, effective way that it is so hard for you to just like not like One Piece. He just knows how to tell a story and he understands the building blocks that it takes and he uses them and he executes them simply and the complexities from his large world, his world building essentially, really comes as, I think I've mentioned this before maybe, but I think the best way to execute any kind of complex story is to have lots of simple things build on top of each other. And that's really where Oda, I think, excels is that, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, uh, the, let's say that the admirals, right? The way the admirals work is not complex. The way the world government works is not really complex in and by itself. You know, the, they're tied to the, uh, pirate warlords, also they're just a bunch of these really simple things but when you start tying them all together of like oh yeah the admirals and the warlords don't like each other and the world government employs the admirals of the of the navy and 
the Navy the bad guys, but there's some good guys in the Revolutionary Army and all this stuff. There's just all these, there's all these little simplicities that you inherently understand because the story has been told an excellent way. And yeah, the biggest thing that ever happened was the four kids dub of One Piece. So wipe that from your mind, read the manga. Um, Peak fiction, brother. It's very good. uh, it, it, It also... The main character, Luffy, is the perfect dumb protagonist. I love him. He has yes. so much Speaking, agency. Yep. Uh, and But I think what really works is while he has all this agency and while he impacts the world uh, of One Piece in a huge way, the world also moves without him. Um, so even, even if the Straw Hats weren't there, you, you see all these actions going on, all these things yeah. changing, all conflicts, resolutions, like so much shit happens. Yeah, really it is a. It, it is not a. It is a story. I mean, I'm trying to think of how to say this. You could you could pluck the straw hats out of the story, and you could still tell One Piece. It could be about anyone else. There's lots of other people are questing for the One Piece. The pirates and the navy would still come to a head. The revolutionaries would still exist. Like it's the world sort of exists, and like you're saying, moves on without without the straw hats, but them being involved is makes it better and yeah we talked a lot about about stupid protagonists and monkey d luffy is maybe the my favorite idiot savant like of all time and i think he is for a lot of people and i i think this ties back around to what you said about proactivity he is an Mm -hmm. idiot but he's so incredibly proactive yeah and he's also so the the idiot savant is a character archetype where a character essentially is only really good at one thing, and they're kind of bad or stupid at everything else, right? Um, there might I'm sure there might be a better word, a better phrase for it than idiot savant, but that's kind of the the one that I've come to know. Um, Luffy is one; he is an incredible leader, although his leadership qualities are not classic leadership qualities, and he's also an amazing fighter, one of the strongest fighters in. Uh, but he does that having a goofy, stupid power and he's kind of bad at everything else he just like forgets people's names he like when i was specifically in arlong park i remember nami like tells her backstory for like two or three chapters or maybe like one chapter luffy just falls asleep he just doesn't care he's just like eh. he literally sleeps through her backstory um and but yeah, then he goes and fights he, for yeah, her she, right so i it's 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 exactly what you said but even a little bit cooler than that because yeah. Nami's sister is telling them about Nami's trauma, her backstory, why she did what she did, all that stuff. Luffy just walks away because it doesn't matter to him. Because he it was just he doesn't was, matter. He was there for his bud regardless. He doesn't need to hear the backstory. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he he still doesn't know what happened to Nami because it, that's not the important part, right? It's uh, being there for your friend that was the important. And I, I thought it was just so good. Was yeah. He well he he forgets characters' names. He purposely like names them stupid nicknames all the time. He's it literally he's literally like an idiot, but yeah. he is a savant in that he's kind. He has the singular goal. I mean, anyways, but we've we could, we've as we as we mention yeah. yeah as we, as we mention every time One Piece comes up, we could talk about One Piece at length every week and probably not run out of things to talk about. So yeah, I mean, I agree. It belongs on this list. More people should be reading One Piece. It is easily the most fun, one of the most fun, cool things. And hey. If if you're worried about starting it, imagine liking. Have you ever liked something that it ended and you're really sad? 
the good thing is One Piece isn't ending anytime soon, and if you start it now, you'll have months and months of content to read to catch up. So, And be there for this moment with us when it does end here in like five years yeah. or six years or whatever, because you don't want to miss that. I do think, uh, yeah, I, I would... I, I agree. I would advise you to start now and catch up because if it is suddenly announced like, oh, One Piece ending this year and you've got, you know, maybe six months to catch up on 1,200 or 1,300 or 1,400 chapters, uh, you might not make it. It took me, and I, I was a fast, dedicated reader reading a lot of chapters every single day, and it took me two full months almost to cat to read slightly under a thousand chapters of one piece. I think I caught up at like nine sixty or nine seventy or something. So And I'm sure Bruce will agree with this, but as a One Piece fan, we just want more. Yeah. There's not <laughs> enough one, one piece. piece. Yeah. You look at it, you go a thousand episodes, a thousand chapters, that's so much. It's like, no, there's not enough. I wish it's frustrating that it skips a week every month. <laughs> I hate that. I'm glad that it helps the author and I will not uh I will not take that away from him, but I absolutely wish that it was published. It is kind of a highlight. Three times a week, every week. Um, I'll end by just, uh, I think we talked and and did our perfect elevator pitch for One Piece. So take a look at this. this, uh, For audio listeners, we're showing the cover, the volume cover of the manga. Um, (laughs) And it has the four emperors, uh, basically the main players at the current moment of this series, which are Shanks, uh, Bucky the Clown, um, Blackbeard and Luffy. And then they're, and they are the major players right now, heavily featured in the manga at the moment too. And there's fucking Carrot up here. What are you doing? What are you doing, yeah. Carrot? Why are you here? What are you doing, Carrot? Yeah, what the fuck? Are you furry baiting Oda? What's going on here? Why is Carrot here? Hey, we like Carrot. Not we like Carrot, but she she's just like out of place in this cover. I don't know. I I feel like Oda. Uh, there's some characters that Oda obviously um, likes drawing. I think Carrot's one of them. Carrot has showed up on covers and on spreads like a a lot more than she's actually appeared in the story. I feel like so. Uh yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, and she's a fun character. It's just it's she's just fun, really yeah. funny how out of place she is in this specific volume cover. Yeah, uh, this is. Do we know what volume this is? This would be like volume that's one. The most 60 180 i don't know how many volumes in one piece are there's a lot yeah 140 something i don't know there's a lot of volumes but uh yeah cool Um, well anything else one piece yeah yeah anything else on uh things you should be reading any honorable mentions or anything else there um I, I I have one, but that's in my one more thing so okay uh, we'll we'll just move on to the next segment yeah my my only honorable mentions would be most of the things we talk about every week are things that are really good. Sakamoto Days, uh, Akane Banashi, things like that. So if, you, if you're looking for more manga recommendations, just keep listening to the podcast or go listen to some past ones. Um, you'll figure out what you like by uh, what we like. So yeah, let's talk, about, uh, let's talk about one more thing. This is, you sent me a screenshot of this earlier and I found this cover and it was, this is, this is going to be a good one. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's been popping off on our manga, uh, which is how I found out about it. It's called Nick and Lever. Um, you know how much I like shit posts. This is absolutely one of those. It is a comedy manga about two just American dudes living in Japan. Super yeah. high, super high I, speed bizarre comic is what this is labeled as. Yeah, this is uh, the author here is Kyogoro Miata, Nick and Lever. Uh, the the 
the white dude on the right, he speaks like a, like a Jersey boy, or he's like, "Hey, what are you what are you doing here? Hey, you know." And it's yep. like portrayed in the manga, uh, like uh, the type of guy that says "foist" instead of "first," you know? Right, uh, right. The sort of yeah, yeah Jersey uh, accent essentially. And uh, his best friend, the black guy on the left, is is just kind of just as much of an idiot as he is, uh, and it's just about them doing random shit. It is uh, it is slapstick. It is bizarre. It's uh, a complete shit post. I think the most recent chapter is uh, it was it, he he's playing like rock paper scissors with a crab, and then he makes fun of the crab for losing. Um, to give you an example of how much of a shitpost this is, you're, what you're looking at on screen, if you're watching us, is the cover of Volume 1, and here is the cover of Volume 2. It is literally, <laughs> it is literally the same cover, but x-rayed. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I think it is, I mean, it is literally the same cover, just drawn with an x-ray. Uh, and instead of a, a bull or a cow, there's a, a jaguar or a panther or something down here. But yeah. I, I, love, and I love that the sunglasses always stay on. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna check this out. I think like as soon as this ends, because this something about the 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 page that you sent me and looking at this is like yeah, this is. I bet this is goofy and good. It is goofy. It is like what Japanese people think American people are like. You know, like this, uh, okay, great. Yeah, that's... typical American. It's like two of those guys just doing shit in Japan. Um, yeah, it's very funny. Check it out. Very cool. Um, cool. Uh, my one more thing, uh, I had my first one was I there was a new trailer for Armored Core Six Fires of Rubicon, and so I was desperately like I want to play an Armored Core game. I want to check it out. I want to see what it's like. I downloaded a, a uh, emulator and tried to run some games that I own, of course, uh, and it just wouldn't work because everything is bad and. Dolphin is amazing. <laughs> I have so much more respect for them because Dolphin just works. Um, and this PS3 emulator did not work. But what I've really been reading and enjoying here is something that you brought maybe a month ago, maybe three three weeks or a month ago, which was uh, Destroy All Humans, They Can't Be Regenerated, which is a which is a manga by written by Katsura Issei and illustrated by Takuma Yokota. Um, Takuma Yokota also does... Uh, the story of a dumb prefect and a girl of inappropriate skirt length. I believe that's the name of that. Also very fun manga. Also yeah. very good. Yeah, equally as good as this one that I'm reading. Um, but yeah, we, we discussed a couple weeks ago. Essentially, it's about two, uh, two middle schoolers in the late 90s. I think it starts in 1998 who connect over playing Magic the Gathering and they go through set releases and all this stuff. You'll see they're holding... Uh, classic set there on this cover, but yeah, this is like this is like the weirdest, strangest, but also like a super good love story. So yeah, yeah, it's it's just about two dorks playing Magic: The Gathering and uh, falling in love. It's yeah, it's and cute, sort of like very sort of like oh, we don't. It's they're like number one and two in in the school as far as grades, and they kind of like start out not liking each other and then connect and now it's pretty quickly it's like oh yeah we obviously have a crush on each other um but yeah i also this artist just has like super unique dynamic art and this one i kind of enjoy the art more than the inappropriate skirt length one because in this one they get to like draw magic cards and their characters like 
assuming the persona of some of these characters from magic and doing attacks. And there's a lot more sort of dynamic, interesting art in this one. Um, I will say there is a love triangle or potentially more than one love triangle coming later, uh, which is, which I'm curious I, and tentative I, about. I, I think I it will be resolved just fine. Yeah. I usually hate love triangles, but I like this and I think it resolves well. Good. Yeah. I, I am not to the point where it has resolved yet. So, uh, but I'm looking forward to, I think I'm maybe like 16 or 17 chapters in there's like maybe 44 published. So yeah, I mean, Gautam talked about this a month ago. I'm talking about it now. Uh, super good series. I'm going to keep reading it and catch all the way up on it before I start my next thing. So, Hell yeah. Glad you're glad you're reading it. I, I really like it. I think it's uh, charming and fun. Yeah, super good. And I have played Magic, not a whole lot, but uh, in college I was really into Magic with my friends. I played a little bit before then with my brother. I um, played a little bit after then. I sort of kept a deck around. So um, seeing some of the Magic cards that I know show up, because there's a lot of reprints and a lot of, uh, a lot of oh, it's the same character but doing new stuff. Like Urza shows up in the latest set. Like there's still Urza cards printed this year, last year. But so yeah, really cool to watch that happening uh, in Magic. So absolutely. Well, nice. hey, I'm glad you're enjoying it, man. Yeah. Anything else you want to say this week before we uh, close out the show here? Uh, no. Um, I, I guess in terms of Armored Core, I I feel like it's insane that it's not on Steam. But yeah, that, that's the yeah, last no- thought on that. Not a single Armored Core on Steam. None of them on Xbox Game Pass. So, yeah. Yeah, wild. Well, everybody, thank you for listening or watching. Uh, Don't forget, if you are listening, check out the YouTube channels, White, Gray, Black, for uh, curated manga content. And if you want to check out the VODs of our podcast, they are on that WGB Weekly Manga Podcast channel. Please give those a like and subscribe. That's the best way you can support us. Uh, Well, that's the second best way. The best way is you could go to Patreon and give us a dollar. A dollar or two dollars a month or something to help us uh, keep doing this show, keep creating stuff, maybe buy some nicer gear, something like that. Um, Don't forget, if you want to listen to us podcast while you're walking your dog or driving your car, we're on all the major podcast providers. Uh, That's about it. If you want to follow me on Twitter and tweet at something we should be reading or you want to talk about on the show, uh, check me out at WGB Manga. That's about it. As always, thank you so much for being with us this week. Goodbye, goodbye. And don't forget to read more manga.